All right, welcome to Live Stream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. My guest tonight is Vincenzo Landino. Um, you probably know him from either the Brand Boost podcast from Scope Pass Sunday or Something. as the CMO of 52creative.co. I think you lost an M on there, but it's 52creative.co. Nope, .co. Good for the com. And, yes. .com. <laughs> but you did get one for VincenzoLandino.com and BrandBoostCast.com, right? Of course. Okay. All right. All right. Just making sure. Couldn't so afford it. Live Stream Stars is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high quality content across live stream platforms. And it's brought to you by LivestreamUniverse.com. LivestreamUniverse.com. Check it out. We also have a new website just for the show. It's LivestreamStars.tv. No hashtag before Livestream Stars. Everywhere else you want to use that hashtag, but not on, on the web address. So Vincenzo is one of the true stars of live streaming. And before we get to the NFL and everything else, and he's going to act like he's all humble and all that kind of stuff, talk about Scope Pass Sunday because you got a, a big following on that, and, and you guys really put together one of the first like conceptual shows, I think on 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 Periscope, where you have multiple hosts and you 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 actually plan topics and you have a theme for the show. And yeah. the two times I've been able to get up by uh, eight fifty nine, I've really loved it. <laughs> if it was on like at two in the afternoon, you except during the show though. Season, yeah, I did. No, it was awesome. A lot of good stuff and uh, a lot of stuff like I'm taking notes. Like, oh, I got to look at this book. I got to I got to check out this site. So, talk about you know how you guys came to putting that together and and you know how you you see the show going forward. We um so it's funny because uh, Amy was over my Amy was. At, was in Connecticut and we happened to be having coffee on my back deck, uh, doing some strategy, like planning and whatnot. And we were watching Sue on a Sunday morning, do us, do her normal, you know, periscope. And we're sitting there. We're, we're actually, we're both logged in from our phones, you know, watching it. So she's like, Vincenzo, Amy, blah, 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 blah. And we're just like, haha. Okay. Hey, Sue, you know, whatever. We're typing <laughs> back and forth. Her. So she finishes her thing and she's like, Hey, why don't one of you guys take the scope next? Okay, so I think Amy took it, and then Amy was done, and she was like, "Oh, Vincenzo, why don't you take it? Like, why don't you do it next?" I was like, "All right, cool." And then we talked about it because everyone was so excited. And I say everyone, the people that were watching were so so excited about it. They were just like, "This is that was awesome, you guys!" Like, it just went seamless. And then we ended up passing it to somebody else who was watching. It was like, "I want the scope next." We're like, "Wow, this is so freaking cool!" So, like, what can we do? So, of course, like my head initially, like instantly thought of how can I turn this into a thing? Right. And we talked about it and we said, okay, well let's deliver value every week. Let's find a way to deliver value every week and make it fun. Uh, make it community oriented and, and then we'll pass it to a random, you know, like someone random that's in, in the audience or in the audience, whatever. One of the friends of ours that's watching will pass it along to them and then they can take it and they can continue the pass. So the first week we did it, we had people, we had multiple people that were like, I want to take the pass. So we're like, you know what? If you want to continue, take it, use this hashtag and keep it going. And it ended up going for like, I mean, no joke. It ended up going till like two in the afternoon people kept taking the scope and passing it um jason we fixed the issue sorry <laughs> sorry ross <laughs> um 
and and, and it kept going to like two and it, it went from people there was people in australia there mm-hmm. was people in in england all across the United States, they were doing this. And I'm and like, I, I'm listen, let's be real here. It wasn't like these thousands of numbers or anything, but it was a few people and they it kept passing it along. Yeah, right. The millions. It was almost um, as big as the Super Bowl. And yeah, so it just it took off from there. We did about 20, we did 20 episodes, 21 episodes. And then we, uh, you know, Vincenzo gets another right idea while I was watching a series. I was watching uh, NCIS. I love NCIS, and I happened to be watching some reruns. Uh, I was watching through – actually, I started episode one. I was like, I want to watch through NCIS all over again because I just I haven't watched it consistently in, in a while. And I started – I'm like, wow, 300 episodes. Like that, There's got to be something to that. And then I really started watching each season and breaking it down and saying, wow, there, there's themes to each season. There's like – there's a – protagonists that there's antagonists there's like there's something to this whole like if hollywood's doing it there's got to be something to it and um and and so i i called sue and amy i said ladies i have an idea let's let's try something i said let's start doing seasons with a main theme throughout the season and we'll each talk seamlessly about a topic instead of the three of us kind of i don't we not that we were rambling but we would all have like very very different topics so now it's one underlying topic with we break down we each take a you know a breakdown of that topic so like um the first week was like what is entrepreneurship i took risk amy took organization suits took management because we defined entrepreneurship as you know risk management organization you know we had a definition for it that we went off of and uh and yeah we're on it we're going to be on episode three uh oh geez three or four of season two so we'll go 10 episodes we're on this coming week is uh, episode four but we're tackling one problem for the entire season 10 episodes and then we're gonna what we will do is we'll package them all together and we'll, we'll put them up on a website so that people can watch the replay, but they can watch each episode, which they end up about 45 to 50 minutes each. And what we've done is we've the first person kicking off introduces everybody. So then when you get to the second and third person, they're not wasting time introducing. They're cutting right into they're getting right into information, right into the content. Um, so far, so good. There's a lot of uh, interest in it, but it's fun. It's fun to do. And, and listen, it takes an hour of our time on a Sunday, we prep during the week. We always prep. We have conference calls. So it probably overall, we take about three and a half, four hours a week. We care about the community. We care about the people that have been watching. And uh, we wanted to give them something really, really great to watch and, and listen to. And then we throw recaps in our Facebook group, which is now close to 600 members. Now, remember, this is something that to- organically happened about 25 weeks ago, 26 weeks ago. Right. Um, and we're up to about 600 members in the Facebook group. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not selling anything. We're not pitching anything. It's just, we're giving content. And if you right. want to subscribe to us individually, great. If not, cool. Come watch us on Sundays because we're doing it anyway. Um, and do you still pass it along? Like if somebody else no. still wants it? Okay. So we cut, so we, we stopped that because what happened was, and it's, this is no knock to anybody, but, and, and it, this goes right, this goes perfectly with the NFL, what we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit, but it goes um, it goes right along with with the NFL and how they protect the shield. I got very right. protective of Scope Pass Sunday and you know Amy and Sue did too. So it was like, well, that's great if we pass it to a 
designated individual who who is going to talk about a specific topic that we want, you know, that we are already talking about. But a lot of times we notice that people were just passing it, just like kind of rambling. And it was like, okay, well, you know, it's not a brand. We're not trademarking it. You could obviously you could do whatever you want, but we didn't want to pass it along. And then people were like taking it and going elsewhere with it. We wanted to focus it on that one hour, let people know that you're getting one hour of content. You don't have right. to go an hour and a half, an hour, two hours. It's one hour on a Sunday morning. And if you want, just watch the replay or whatever it is. So yeah, we, we, we did away with that only because we wanted to keep some consistency with, you know, branding and messaging. That's all. Now, compared to your podcast, you do the Brand Boost podcast. I think you're you're in the 60s of, of episodes now. Um, yeah, 70. It's like 70. It's marked. It's yeah. It's there's some episodes that we didn't number early oh, okay. on, but uh, yeah. So so what do you which which between Scope Pass Sunday and um, the podcast, which do you get more feedback on, like during the week, or you know, when it's not right after an episode? Which which do more people know you from? Oh, I would say the podcast. Still, either way, the po- I mean, the podcast is a da- is daily. I do a daily. <laughs> I do every day, um, which that evolved very quickly as well. I mean, the podcast started with one episode a week. Uh, quickly jumped up to. Um, it quickly jumped to two episodes a week because I noticed that it, it wasn't like, why have a podcast if you're not going to produce content? That was my thing. And like, it just, for me, I didn't want to do one day a week. I wanted more. I needed more content because I wasn't right. I, for me, I can't stick to writing a blog. Right, right. And I'm not a vlogger. I'm trying to get into that, but I'm not a vlogger. So I was like, okay, how do I, you know, what do I do? So for me, um, you know, for me, it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start pumping out. I started doing three days a week. Then I started doing four days a week. I'm like, wow, this is so much fun. And it was e- it became easy for me to produce. Um, and so I was like, let me just do it daily. I mean, I have – I st- I mean, I record episodes uh, ahead of time. Not all the time, but some a lot of my episodes are recorded the night before, the day before, um, two days before. It's just – and it's – I'll tell you right now, it's become fun for me. It's become a blast to do. I love giving great content, but yeah, I would say the podcast is still kind of is still my baby, and I'm I I, I don't plan on slowing down anytime soon. People ask me all the time, like actually last night I recorded today's episode. I recorded it, you know, I don't know, it's one o'clock in the morning. I was laying in bed and I recorded it because I was just like, okay, I got to get it out there. I it wasn't that I forgot. It was just that I had backed up all day. So like, I I'm dedicated to producing the content. I don't want to miss a day for on it. So, and I get feedback on everything. I mean, you'll, I've actually started to tell people on the podcast, you are, you can Snapchat me and people have been snapping me saying, wow. love the episode or giving me their feedback and thoughts, which is really, really cool. I didn't expect it to happen. It just started happening organically to the point where enough people started snapping me, telling me how like that they enjoyed it. That I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna start telling people to start snapping me instead of just tweeting at me or you know, email me or whatever. And it's been it's super, I, I say, successful um, for me. It's done what I wanted to do. It's it's helped me land a couple clients. It has helped me get my name, my brand out there, my agency out there, my consulting work out there. So the podcast is tremendous. But one thing I'll say, like the underlying similarity between the podcast and Scope Pass Sunday, is it's consistent. You know you're getting Scope Pass Sunday on Sundays. You know you're getting my podcast every day at 4 a.m. Eastern. Um, so 
Yeah. Sorry. I know I went on a tangent there. You, you stick to the schedule. Um, you have to. I, I have think to. it's great. Like, I mean, there's 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 such a value in evergreen content and in interviewing somebody, a guest on a topic that, you know, 30 years from now is still going to be good, solid business advice, or at least, you know, six months from now is still relevant to what's going on in social media and marketing and stuff like that. But there's a value too, like, what I like about your podcast is I like hearing what you have to say about what's going on in the news, you know, like something's yeah. happening related to live streaming, relating to sports and marketing or whatever. I know you're going to comment on it like the next day. And I think that's an advantage when everybody else is just not everybody else, but so many people now are so heavily focused on evergreen content, which is great if I find them through a Google search. But if I'm not looking for that topic, I'm more interested in what is Vincenzo or what is somebody else who's broadcasting think about what's going on that's relevant to everyone or relevant to my, you know, when you talk about what's topical, what I'm trying to say is when you talk about what's topical, it's much more likely to be relevant to me than talking about how to do something that's evergreen and could get you a client, but it also doesn't bring a lot of people in because a lot of people already know how to do that thing or don't need to do that thing. Yeah. So you, you kind of take a radio approach to it in a way, like every day you kind of take a fresh, a fresh look at it. It doesn't mean you don't book quality guests who you're going to have regardless of what's going on in the news, yeah. but it's, it's like a really fresh approach to it. I think for podcasting. Yeah. It, it's, it is a way to look at it and say, okay, I can sit on my laurels and not give people the content they are, that they're searching for, right? Because they're like you said, you're searching for news. You're searching for that new stuff, that fresh content. Um, or I can give it to them because I'm doing it. And you know what? There's been weeks where I've taken multiple topics that have come out and I've recorded, you know, two five-minute episodes, six-minute episodes, seven minutes, whatever it is. And I've, right. I've had two different episodes for that, that day because there was two relevant topics. Um, and you know what the downloads, the downloads are what talk to me people and the feedback. So when people are telling me, wow, that's amazing. Wow. You know, I'm seeing the download numbers. I'm like, okay, well people Do you are have a, sweet stop, a sweet spot for the time. Do you have like, you know, a certain time length to get more or is it more the topic or it depends, the day of the week? It depends on the topic. So there's, what I was doing was um, I was right at about 20, 22 minutes, 23 minutes. And that was, uh, that was really, really good. I had shortened it from, you know, some of my first episodes were, I never got to that one hour mark, but some of my episodes were like 50 minutes, 45. And I was like, okay, these are long. What I've learned over time is that during the week, people are more than, happy to listen to a 20 minute podcast on their way to work on the weekend. So for like Sundays, Sunday has become has quickly become my most downloaded day. And what I, what I decided to do, Lauren and uh, Lauren Creedon, who's probably not in here, but Lauren and I decided to do a sports business, sports culture, sports tech podcast or series. It's part of the brand boost podcast. We've set it up that it could break out if we get big enough, but I, we're, we're going a little longer with that because Sunday mornings people aren't commuting, but they're just genuinely wanting to listen to something. It's like listening to the radio. Uh, and I learned that because I, I watched my mom. She turns on the radio on Sunday morning, Saturday morning. She turns on the radio and she listens to a radio show and 
she leaves it on for an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, however long she's cooking or doing whatever. And I'm like, wow, if she's doing that, there's others that, you know, she's not interested in podcasting, but there's others that will listen to a podcast on the weekend for that length of time. So let me give it a little bit of a longer. So I, I've tailored, I've tailored the content or I've tailored the format to the content. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are, are, I'm going back to the interview format. So I'm going to interview guests. Those will go about 25 minutes to half an hour. Monday, Wednesdays, uh, Monday, Wednesdays are shorter episodes. Fridays are a marketing update with Jed record. And then Saturdays or Sundays are the sports sun. Uh, Saturdays are, um, similar to the Monday, Wednesday format. So I'm, I'm looking at actually having a series though for every day of the week. That's what I want to do. I want to have a separate like scope every day of the week. That's what I want. And which ones? Now you record some on Blab, right? You do some of your interviews on Blab. I came or? back to Blab, so I was on Blab for the in the beginning, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." Then I became a super audio file, and I was like, "Okay, I need better audio." And right. I went over to Skype for whatever reason. The compressions—I'm not going to go into that, but you know, it's better there. Right. Um, but now, as I'm noticing, so I was in Florida. And I recorded a podcast using these headphones, my phone using an app called Boss Jock. And I recorded two episodes back to back in a uh, in a coffee shop on Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. And I shouted them out a couple times in the recording, but there was the sounds of the coffee shop in the background. Like I said, it was mm-hmm. the, this was the headphone I used. I didn't even use a lavalier microphone, nothing. And I got so much great feedback from that that I even decided to do a walk and talk episode where I was walking Atlantic Avenue, talking into this. You could hear there was fire trucks in the background. I let it play. I did. I was like, I'm going to do it unedited. I'm going to see what people think. Again, amazing feedback because they liked the content. The audio wasn't horrible, but it was. You could tell that there was you know, stuff going on. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm telling. It, it's just it's crazy how much I've learned over the six months or so that I've been podcast. And that's the fun part. That's what makes it fun for me is I learn something new every day about it. I learn like I learn different tweaks I can make. I learn different um you know I learn different formats that I can take if I want this type of listener, that type of listener. It, it's it's crazy. It, it's a extremely fun, fun format. But blab, so I, I decided to come back to blab for the Sunday uh for the marketing update, which is recorded on Thursday for Friday, and then on Friday with the sports, uh, Lauren and myself, uh, to record for or to record it on Friday for Sunday. And it's you know the thing was I credit Blab for really giving me a lot of um, exposure to new people in the mm-hmm. beginning. So people got a chance to see me. They got to listen to the the uh, the content, the format of the podcast and they got to do it right here. They got to comment. They felt like part of the action. So when I started saying, Hey, this is a, this is a podcast up on iTunes and Stitcher right. and SoundCloud. They're like, Oh yeah, I've already heard that before. I've seen it. I know that I've seen the guy's face. I know what he looks like. I know what, you know, his guests are. So it was fun. It was fun. It became a way to do it. So I'm bringing it back. So you're um, not as concerned about the audio quality versus the other benefits of, of using Blab. Now, when you record your the, podcast, uh, well, you're, you're taking the audio for that Blab sends you, right? And then you're working with that to the extent that you do production, right? Mm-hmm. There's no other way to capture the audio from a Blab, or, or have you found another way that you're using? There, there is other ways. Oh, okay. But I have found that the audio is 
I don't, it's good enough. Okay. It's good enough. And I could use my mixer and I could go and record, you know, use blab, not record the blab audio and just do it on blab and have, you know, the mixer and the digital recorder. It's, you know, and you could have your guests patch in another way, right? Like call in and be using a mic and a phone or something. Right. I mean, there's several different ways. There's a lot of different ways, but like Richard just asked me, do I repurpose my scopes and blabs or do you have a team? I, I had a team and I don't have a team dedicated to this right now. I, you know, owning the agency, I have work. And so I'm like, you know what? I've streamlined it. I figured out how to do it to the point where I can be very efficient with getting it done. My just doing it myself. Is it, is it sustainable? Probably not. Eventually I'm going to have to have somebody dedicated to doing all this content. Um, but I love doing it myself. And there's a difference between like loving it and just doing it. I truly enjoy it. Like I want to hear, you know, I, you know, I look at the sound waves and I'm like, okay, there's my um. I know exactly where my ums are. I know exactly when I say certain words just by looking at the wave pattern. Like to me, <laughs> that's a learn. But that was I wasn't any. I wasn't a producer or a studio guy ever. Now I'm recording. You know, now I'm editing video. I'm editing audio, and I love it. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's become it's been a tremendous learning curve, and but again, I enjoy the journey. Right, it's not about the destination; it's not about the downloads. Like th- that'll come, but I'm just genuinely enjoying the podcast. I'm myself. I don't fake it. I swear on it when I have to, and you know, and I don't overdo it. I'm not. You can tell. You know, you'll know I'm not overdoing it. But if I do, I do, and it is what it is. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys, over here. There's- <laughs> You guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, here's here's the thing. There were some people who were like, oh, you're trying to be like Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm like, no, I respect Gary Vaynerchuk and whatnot, but I'm not trying to be like him. This is, you know, there's lots of people on this world that swear and say different words, you know. But so for me, like, I'm not trying to cuss I, just for the sake of cussing. Like, I'll if I say something and I it slips up or it comes out, it comes out, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So let let's turn um to your new your new um program. She's on first, um focusing on sports and particularly sports issues, not in the major sports media you wouldn't necessarily see on on Sports Center. And one of the issues you addressed in, in your first episode, I believe you talked about the NFL lifting its ban on live streaming. Um let's first define for people what that means. That doesn't mean like I can go to a game with a camera and shoot the entire game Correct. from kickoff to end, call play by play, sell sponsorships and put CBS or NBC or, you know, the other networks out of business. What it means is there's more access that the players can have uh, themselves, right? Or with a team official or something like that during certain times during the week, right? I mean, it's rather limited at this point. But it's it still limited. is accepting that Periscope, and they talked, I think, at least in, in one article I looked at, they talked about Meerkat, but essentially this is about yeah. Periscope, right? They talked about... It's about live streaming in general. Yeah. I guess. It, it, they, so so what's your, what do you think? I mean, what do you think this means for the NFL, for marketers? Because the NFL already does a great job in capturing a lot of behind-the-scenes sound and video and really does great productions, regardless of, you know, whether you like the game, you don't like the game from a, from a technical standpoint, they're, I mean, they're brilliant at 
at putting together a story. I, listen, here's the thing. I think, and and Lauren says it way better than I do um, on the podcast. But the the reason the NFL is going to do this, there's there's definitely a like cable. You know, this has. I think it had a lot to do with cable deals in the beginning, and now it's saying, okay, well, we're losing viewers to the second screen, right? We're losing commercial, whatever it is, commercial advertisers to the second screen. So how do we keep people watching our content through? Listen, the NFL is a business. They just want you on there watching their stuff all the time. If you could watch NFL related content seven days a week, why not? So for them, it's getting you into the locker room. It's getting you into... You know, and I'm going to use the, uh, the the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL and uh, Brian Fanzo and myself as Penguins fans. You know, we've we watched them periscope some of the Penguins players on their way to award shows, getting dressed, doing their ties. Like, listen, maybe you're not into it, but if you're a fan, and this is what I uh, this is what I love that Lauren brings to the podcast. She, it's also sports culture. Sports fan culture is huge, and that's that's a huge reason why the NFL is realizing. Like, hold on a second. There's fans that'll watch anything. If we and periscope a live stream of, you know, a kicker from the Steelers just practicing in practice, kicking field goals, like we're going to go crazy and watch this stuff, right? If we're going to watch interviews, behind the scenes interviews, you know, if I can watch an entire press conference and I can see it on my phone of, you know, the, the second string left tackle whereas i'm probably not going to see that anywhere on television that you're going to find people watching so it's it's just all it is all it's doing is monetizing every last ounce out of the nfl you know now it's not just and i'm gonna use all steelers references it's not just ben roethlisberger that you're gonna see it's you know like i said the backup left tackle it's the backup linebackers it's the special teams players it's, it's now you're going to be interested in everybody now everybody is is uh I guess sponsorable or sellable, and, right. and, and and you know in the in the article, and, and you know again, I'm going to give credit to Lauren, but she said it. It's not they're not letting it's not free reign. They're just putting control on. It. It's kind of like you know legalizing something you know like drugs or people wanting to legalize certain things. It's only so that the government can tax it. So if they ever do legalize, let's just say marijuana, it's just to it's just to tax it so they can make more money. The same thing with the NFL. They're making they're allowing it so they can find a way to make more money on it. I mean, <laughs> let's be real here. It's all they're right, doing. Right. And uh it listen, it's a great move for the NFL. Shows like Hard Knocks on HBO kill it. People love watching that stuff. They love watching their coaches and their players playing you know, behind the well, scenes or in training that's camp. A question though, because there's so much behind the scenes stuff that the NFL's already kind of giving you a view in to the extent that it wants to. It's still everything's still, you know, judgment calls. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna let you see the playbook or something like that. But there's already hard knocks. There's inside the NFL. There's there's a zillion different shows. Each team probably has two or three magazine shows during the week in which, you know, you, you get a little behind the scenes look at the players and stuff like that. But still, live streaming can take it to the next level, I think. Like, let's let's think about what it means for marketers and for the guys you were talking about who aren't the stars in the faces of the team. If one of them has an engaging personality and live streams whatever they do, like during those those time periods where they can live stream, right? Yep. They can monitor.
monetize that by getting sponsors, right? For what they wear, for what they carry, for what they maybe, eat, maybe without I, without necessarily yeah. hitting the field, but they've got to come up. I mean, then they're like us, right? They got to find a way to to come up with something different than what everybody else is doing. Like they're they're no different than any other marketer, right? They can't just you know nobody wants to see a backup you know linebacker just lifting weights or eating at the team lunch. But why not? They got to come up with something more. No, well. Because no. otherwise, you'll watch like. No, I see. I I, I, I differ because here's the thing: like NFL, any sport, any sport, we can we can liken this to international soccer. You know, again, listen to the podcast. I'm not saying to you, Ross, but anybody. And Lauren talks about this. <laughs> Lauren, you know, Lauren does a great job at explaining. You know, I listen to hours of your podcast. I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. Prepping, but um, prepping. Today. You know, there's there's a lot of there, there's a lot of sports that can benefit from this not just the nfl and if you look at um I, I lost my train of thought but if you look at international sports like fans are crazy it, the, first of all the word fan is just a shortened uh shortened for uh fanatic right so what's a fanatic fanatic is a nut or it's shortened for fans though either one but really it's you're a fanatic. You're, you're, you're crazy for something or for a team. So people will go and get any possible content they can. If I can now, like I said, take out my phone. I don't have to be sitting at in front of my television on my couch, and I can be at the gym. I can be at work, which – Let's I'm, again. I'm just being realistic. I'm not condoning people not being productive at work, or I'm not telling people to not – text and drive but let's be real people mm -hmm. would throw that up on their dash and be like oh i'm gonna listen to my or watch my favorite player you also have to listen you also have to realize that let's how about co you know college allegiances so the steelers had a backup running back jordan todman who's from yukon you went to yukon well I'm, I'm in connecticut i didn't go to yukon but you know that's like that's the big college year and then you, so i'm like oh that would be really cool to see hey what's the yukon guy doing on the team you know I think there's so many aspects that you're not even like, not you, not me. We're not even thinking of the NFL has to look at it and each team is going to have to employ storytellers. This is what's going to have to happen. It's going to have to come down to storytelling. They're going to have to decide how can we tell a story to the people watching on the live stream? Because hard knocks is a story, right? There's some, there's some story behind that. Um, you know, if you think about the week of the NFL leading up to the game, it's, it's a story in and of itself. You practice, there's, you know, game film. I would love to see these guys, what they're doing uh, when they're getting the trainers and the, I don't, I'm not saying I want to see them get shot up with the needles and all that stuff, but whatever, whatever they're doing, like it would be really cool to see all that stuff. And as someone that's a fan, and if you're a diehard fan, you want to see this stuff. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, the second screen experience, if you – I don't know if you noticed this, but there was um, there was something else that I brought up on, on our podcast on Sunday that Snapchat, Pepsi, Marriott, Budweiser, and – forgot the fourth one. They sponsored Snapchat Live Story, the Super Bowl Live Story. So they said, okay, well, we know people are going to do this as soon as the game goes to commercial – how do we capture them? So imagine a live stream 
you know, Coca-Cola could do a live stream from some Coca-Cola fan zone or whatever. And people are like, oh, let me go check that out. What's happening? What's happening right there? You know, as the game's going on, what's happening right there? Right. Or during, or, you know, what would be, this would be phenomenal if now we see commercial breaks, right? If we're watching the game from home, but people at the stadium can actually see whatever's going on, which could be nothing, could be whatever. We don't know. How cool would it be if the NFL actually had their own stream, just a live stream? during commercial breaks, right? That would be cool. Let's see what's going on right. on the field. Let's go let's see what's going on on the sidelines. Let me check out my the Steelers sidelines during during the commercial break. Let me check out the Patriots, whoever whatever team you follow. Let's check out their sideline their sideline live stream. It doesn't have even it could be a static camera I would be glued to it. I'll tell you that right now. Right, right. And I know plenty of other people that would as well. And you know like the the issue is of course the coaches guard like every last ounce of information like like it's a state secret and i i find it hard to even believe that they can find enough footage to like share on inside the nfl during the week you know of of people talking on the bench and stuff like that so um but ultimately it's like you were saying before it's a business and business and marketing are going to win out and coaches are going to have to adopt to that because there's plenty of ways that you can get more access and still not be giving away the game plan, right? I mean, oh, there's of plenty of there's things plenty you can do. There's plenty of footage right now that the NFL, any sport, is producing um, day in, day out. I mean, by the minute. There's plenty. I mean, right now we're in the off season for the NFL, and there's plenty of things going on. We're pitchers and catchers, right? Like for MLB, they're reporting in what a week. No, maybe not a week, maybe a couple weeks. No, it's next week, I think. I'm pretty sure some, there's some teams reporting next week. Like, I want to know what's going on there. I'd love to know what's going on during the winter meetings, you know, during baseball. Or whatever. Like, how cool would that be to see all that kind of stuff? How right. cool would it be if the, the leagues, the brands themselves embraced that and said, you know what? Here, we're going to do a live stream of it so people have to watch it on their screen. We're not going to put it on cable television, but we'll throw it on, on a Periscope or on whatever live stream you want. You'd have tons of people tuned into that. Tons of people glued. And for the these leagues and brands, it's more about that awareness than it is selling that as a sponsorship. They don't have to sell that as a sponsorship. Right. If, if you're keeping people glued to your to MLB, to NFL, to NHL, NBA, whatever league brand, whatever you are, if you can pe keep people glued to you when you're not relevant, because listen, what do you see on ESPN when baseball's out of season? You don't see baseball, right? So how awesome would that be to have to have that presence on the phone? Which and so I noticed somebody said here, second screen, ha, it's the first screen. That's you know, there's a lot of people that feel that way. There's a lot of people that go mobile first, mobile first, mobile first. You're watching the game, but the whole time you're on your phone, you're tweeting, tweeting. you're checking checking email you're doing all sorts of stuff you're on facebook well during and, the and game, you look up you look up and particularly like a baseball game which is much more slow moving uh -huh. so you're you're you can you can follow a baseball game and spend 90 percent of the time on the phone even football when you break it down it's like what 15 minutes of action and over three hours or whatever and the rest is huddles and commercials and <laughs> you know <laughs> let's go to the Pretty video much, tape. Right? <laughs> you know like i even watched the way you know my brother watches the football and he's got his iPad, he's got his his iPhone next to him. He's got one screen up for fantasy football, he's got another screen up for Twitter watching like 
let's just say someone gets hurt. He'll be like, he'll pull up Twitter instantly. Okay. Oh, what happened to him? Like, I, I'm going to find out, Oh, this guy's out for the game. I'm like, how do you even know? It didn't even come on TV. He's like, Oh, they, they, Adam Schefter just tweeted or blah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, again, there's so many lost opportunities or not lost. But they're just missed opportunities by the NFL because now we're getting that from some ESPN reporter. Well, why, you know, if you're the NFL live stream it and just have a reporters be like, Yes, uh, Le'Veon Bell went to the locker room with a twisted ankle. It looks like he's not going to return to the game, blah, 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 blah. Here it is. He's in the locker room. He's on crutches. Okay. You know, like people are now enthralled and they're watching the periscope right. of of the NFL. Another thing I'd love to hear from is when there's, you know, a lot of times a big game, there might be an ex-player on the sideline, an ex-star, Hall of Famer, or something like that. How cool would it be to just go down and get his thoughts like during during a timeout or during a break? You know, oh, yeah. somebody who's not paid by the networks or anything like that, who can just talk off the cuff about what they think's going on and is emotionally connected to the guys who are playing. Like you get you'd get so much insight from that and people would love it because they're reconnecting, you know, with a former star of the team and the team's promoting itself and its alumni and the whole thing. So um, one of the things that's, that's interesting is like you had mentioned that, you know, in the beginning the leagues were a little hesitant, right? Like hockey now has done some stuff, but in the beginning, I don't think Periscope was out a month and hockey was like, no, <laughs> right. We're banning this right away. Baseball has been very lax. I don't know if that's because they figure the average baseball fan doesn't yeah. know how to use a smartphone or because no, it's still, and it's I just, love baseball. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, it's I the watch baseball all the time, but um, nobody is really going to stream like a whole, a whole baseball game. So, I think it's just part of the fun of being at a game. You stream what's going on in the crowd. You stream guys warming up. I think, I think they're 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 pretty much fine with whatever you do. I mean, you see people like with a digital camera up on a big play. Nobody. Yeah, I think baseball baseball could benefit from having people periscoping their content. To be honest with you, like because they'd reach a younger demographic. Well, right? you reach a younger demographic, but then you you're like, ah, let me. I want to tune into the second second inning. I don't want to watch the whole. I mean, people listen. I'll watch baseball games. Um, I, I always watch towards the end of the season. I, I watch almost – I'm almost glued to the TV during the playoffs and, and the World Series. But, you know, early on in the season, it's it's hard to watch baseball, especially when you still have got other sports going on, uh, you know, with baseball. So they could definitely – and here's the thing. Like uh, like Fanzo says all the time, think like a fan, right? So they got to step out and say, wait a minute, how can we keep people interested in our, and this is exactly what the NFL is doing. Right. But now I'm taking baseball just as an example. How can we keep people interested in our sport seven days a week, 365? How does that happen? Right. And that's all the NFL is doing that. When you break it down to the absolute most granular, you know, fact or reasoning, is that they just want people to be looking at their content all day, every day, finding more ways to either place product, to sell sponsorship, or just to build awareness so that people spend more damn money. Right. So live stream starts with Vincenzo Landino and Ross Brand. Uh, we have an open seat if you'd like to jump in and ask a question or type a question for Vincenzo in the chat box. Either way. Um, now, you describe yourself... Um, a lot of times it's a digital storyteller, right? On, on your website. And so can you explain what that, that exactly you mean by that and why it's so important to tell for brands to tell stories and to use digital platforms to do so? I go with digital storyteller because Don Draper is already taken. <laughs> um, 
seriously though, no one wants to be a pitch man and ad man anymore. Like, uh, in fact, I had Mad Men on. I have a forty-seven inch screen right here, and I put my computer up there. But I was watching uh, what's it called? I was watching Mad Men, and listen, that's not that's not real life anymore, right? You there's a story needs to be told. Some people want to be told, or they want they want to be. Uh, you know, as kids, we always want, we, we, read me a story, daddy, read me a story, mom, right? We always want to hear, like we want, there, there has to be a beginning, middle and end to everything. And so when you just get jammed stuff down your throat constantly, this is my product, buy it. This is Coca-Cola, buy it. This is a Taco Bell taco, buy it. Uh, this is an Apple iPhone, buy it. Like, you know, all of these, any good brand that knows how to tell a story, you just, you don't even feel like you're being marketed to. If you if you step back, sometimes you're just like, oh wait a minute, they they were just selling something, and you don't even realize it. Um, so as a storyteller, I, I call myself a digital storyteller because using social and digital, or so when I say digital, digital and social to me are like almost one and the same. But anytime I'm talking digital, anytime I'm talking social media, uh, I'm talking storytelling. I'm always I'm any brand, any business I'm pitching anything to is how can I tell your brand story to help you succeed at whatever success looks like for you? So if it's to sell more product, how do we tell your brand story to sell more product? If it's awareness, how do we tell us? Like, what do we need to do to have people understand what you do, but also want to consume that content? Because there's nothing, there's nothing greater to achieve for any brand or business than if people want to consume their content. I'll take Toyota, for example. They have an amazing YouTube channel. You, I want to go and check out the really cool videos that they're making because they're doing a great job making videos, telling Corolla, Camry, Tundra, whatever it is, like all their, they're, I mean, but they're also breaking it down even more, like off-roading and, and different. Like those are not, those are not anything that you even think they're trying to sell a product to, but you're, the whole time you're watching a Toyota Tundra go through, the brand itself is taking the time to tell you that story. They're right. telling, you know, or even the story of how these vehicles are made or whatever it is. So it's just that to me is so much more impressive. And if you look at any of the really, really good marketers out there, uh, Casey Neistat is one of my favorites. He's on YouTube. Casey Neistat is an incredible storyteller, and the brands that he's done work with are you know, amazing. It absolutely. Like he did stuff for Mercedes where he's like driving the thing out in salt flats in Utah and, you know, Nike gave him money and he went and traveled the world telling a story and it tied into Nike and you never even thought about it until the end. You're like, Oh my God, that's a Nike. I like that's really, and then, and the first thing you think of when you say is like, wow, Nike is so cool for doing that. So first thing right. you say, you don't say, Oh wow, the marketer is, you know, wow, they were pitching crap to me the entire time. Like, no, they were, Telling a really good story. I, I was glued to their content. This goes right back to the NFL and live stream. You were glued to their content the entire time. Yeah, the all com chats. Content's the the great the gateway drug, right? To oh, interest, absolutely. content sales, right? I mean, that's how you, you find companies, whether you're searching for content, somebody tells you about the content, or the story just pulls you in right any mm -hmm. any one of those options so i'm so glad the seats filled up bruno real deal santos hey, bruno. What, a hey, name. Hey, what a name sounds like a professional wrestler <laughs> or something like that sounds like he's gonna sell me something weighing in and <laughs> no i was actually going to make a question <laughs>
<laughs> I was actually actually I was going to make a question for for Vincenzo because I think his perspective on live streaming for the NFL and everything is very interesting. But I hear uh, here I have a question about how can that translate it to an international sport just like soccer? Are you in because Portugal? Are thing. you in Portugal, yeah. bro? Yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing: the the the, the thing is. Especially, especially with soccer, because it's more world, uh, available worldwide. Uh, every, uh, not as uh, it, NFL is more locally as soccer is worldwide. Everybody talks about soccer, even in the United States, that didn't have a uh, soccer presence. Now they're getting there. But the problem is most of the content that, uh, for example, um, a soccer game produces. It's owned by the clubs and not by a, a, a league Correct. per se. Yep. So it it brings a lot of difficulties if I, for example, want to live stream something because the content is owned by the club and that uh, the club then sells their rights to the channels and whatever. Mm -hmm. So you the, the the club is owner and not the the, the league, which which poses uh, a difficulty for a live streamer because now how are you going to live stream it and reach not only the people of the club because the club is owning the TV the TV cable you know is owning this and is owning that and how are you going to get to the most to the most people without being specifically uh, owned by that by that club or owned by that brand or whatever how would you promote live streaming in those purposes say for example for right now for the uh 2016 uh, world soccer world soccer cup the euro there you go yeah uh, yeah the or the next next in in the next two years uh, the, uh, the 2018 in russia in, yeah. in russia first of for all, example Bruno, are you a are you a lisbon fan sporting yeah yeah, <laughs> I, am, I am on top. Am I on top of my game tonight? Um, <laughs> listen, that's corruption, though. That's corruption in international soccer as a whole. Uh, the the listen, I not I follow Serie A, Italian soccer, right? They can't get out. Of their, they, they can't get out of their own way. They can't get out of their own way. And the more they think they own the content, they're they're going to slowly be phased out because people aren't going to want to. No one's gonna want to pay for that content anymore because you can you can go and get it elsewhere. Why do I want to? Why do I want to pay the club whatever those deals are? This is why you know the corruption runs you know, it runs rampant, and it we see leagues that are are failing, especially Italian you know the Italian city of soccer. It's, 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 it's crap right now. It's absolutely garbage. So, um, and no, I don't watch like Premier League or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> there there are you know Premier League. Look at what they did with opening up it's not the Barclays premier league anymore. So they opened it up. They, they got rid of that title sponsorship. Uh, I hope, th I hope that that moves them more into opening up and providing more content for, for others, but they don't care about the fans because the fans still pay the money. I mean, that's the problem. Uh, so you said, how can they, how can they do it? I, they have to either the clubs need to start thinking for their fans, which is not going to happen because many times th these are government officials that own the teams or, you know, high powered billionaires that own the teams that, you know, they don't, they couldn't care less as long as they're making their money. 
Right. Right. So do I think exactly. do I think it'll happen at some point, but it's not going to happen as quickly as it would like we see here in the NFL, you know, in the United States where um, mm-hmm. plus besides the fact in the United States, they're more progressive with this kind of stuff anyway, with social media, mm-hmm. with live streaming uh, than than they are in Europe. And I'm not saying that Europeans are behind, but to adopt these type of, of ideas, they're they're at least a couple years, at least a couple years behind. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I could, ask me, don't ask me Rora from I am. You'll be surprised. I would say, I don't know. I was going to say like Spain, but probably not. I am from Tokyo. I'm in Tokyo. Japan. Okay. Well, I don't know. I thought maybe that you know, was you're a second up. guess. Well, I don't know. She said, I don't know. She was nodding her head. Yeah. yeah. And I do a lot of live streamings, all of these events, all of these sports. And I, I'm clear out of that. We have a different kind of, you know, uh, policy about live streaming and everything and digital marketing or whatever. I get all those for free and a press pass for that point. Huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah, how yes. do you I want free press pass? Is that open to anybody oh, or want... you have to work for yes. organization? No, no, or... no, 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 no. I don't want, because this is on recording, I don't want to mention my okay. sponsors okay. and I everything. Know nothing. I know nothing. Yes. No questions. No more questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do a lot of photography from each team that I'm in. This, the, when uh, last year I was by the fashion show of Mercedes Benz. And I did a live streaming by YouTube, live streaming, Periscope, Snapchat, Meerkat, whatever, what platform. I was there. New York Fashion Show knows already what I'm doing and everybody's doing right that. I mean, right. Not, um, not. Now, right that. Oh, I'm nervous. Damn it. It's <laughs> nothing to be nervous about. It's no, only it's only it, three million at its highest. Uh, I know. I know. Here. I know. Three million. That's well, well, and even for Blab, uh, <laughs> I have a lot here. I mean, I've been here in a couple of shows, which is mm, there is a, a going air here, but still. I'm 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 okay. I'm fine. And so by that, that Japan and they're much more open to uh, live streaming during events than than it uh, being exclusive well, rights to a media organization. Well, actually, it, you or? Have, well, you actually have to have a standards and the rules to follow before you can get in. We follow such certain steps. First, the permission and everything. I have to clear out that everything and make those policy as clear as i can be so when i get cleared out then that's the time i can live stream just like i did the baseball games here and i will be by the 2020 tokyo olympics five years from now (laughs) nice well thank you so much bruno and candy for for joining us we appreciate it sure you guys so before we uh before we wrap up couple quick questions for you that I think are, are you might have an interesting take on. Maybe. Snapchat. I hope You're so. always on Snapchat, right? You use Snapchat a lot. You tell I try. On Snapchat. Is Snapchat, like, should marketers conceptually think of Snapchat as live streaming, even though it's not live, it's not a stream, because you're really recording raw video in the moment 
and then you're not really editing it or producing it or anything like that, and then you're sharing it. I have a hard time not talking about Snapchat when we talk live streaming. To me, it is not the same, but it is along the same or a similar wavelength. And right. the nice thing about Snapchat is that, hey, if someone records their, their story, I can go back and I can see the story within 24 hours whenever I have time. I don't have to watch it right that second, but I also don't have forever to go back and see it. So it, it still has that live feel without the pressure of having to be there every second. Like, oh my God, I must have missed something. Um, there's very, very creative ways to use Snapchat to tell great stories. One of the best, if not the best storyteller I know, Jason Yarbrough. Uh, he is Jason Yarby on Snapchat. He doesn't, he's not 24 seven snapping, but when he does, it's always an amazing story. Uh, he started something called snap swaps, which I'll, if, if you let me tell the story, it's uh, basically swapping uh, Jason Yarby. I'll, I'll post it here for you guys. Uh, it's you swap, you swap your Snapchat with someone else, right? With the account. Now here's the thing. It is awesome because you can do that with brands. Brands can say, and this has happened. Uh, Trist, uh, Brian Fanzo was with, was with Tristan Tales, a Snapchat influencer, and the Luxor used him to tell stories, right? So was it live stream? No, it wasn't the way we're thinking live stream like with Periscope, but it was a really cool story. And I think that it's easier to tell a story on Snapchat than it is with Periscope, at least the way people are using it right this second. Not everybody is using it the same way. And I know others will disagree with me and that's fine. But I think that to do Snapchat correctly, excuse me, to do chat Snapchat correctly, you have to, you're forced to tell a story. People get really sick of just snaps. And I mean, I'm a snapper. I'm not really a storyteller on Snapchat. That's because I just haven't figured out how I want to use it at the moment uh, for business and whatnot. But I'll tell you right now, I picked up, I got a client through Snapchat because I was telling a story or whatever I was doing. I was snapping about my day. I do a lot of singing on Snapchat. It's kind of my <laughs> shtick. And um, I picked, I got a client who, saw who I had thrown up my URL on a snap. I said, hey, you know, snap this or whatever, screen capture this. The guy ended up going to the website, filling out the form, was like, I want to talk. We ended up having a conversation and boom, it was a client like a month later. You know, we had we still had a conversation. But it was like that was it was really cool. So yeah, you can look at it as a live stream or you can look at it as a video, a short video uh, platform which I think it's probably closer to short video than it is live stream. But I think it's, it's just, it's hard not to talk about it. And they even have, they even have those live streams now, or those live, like, you know, Super Bowl. there was a live story. Um, they call it story instead of stream, or they call it a story instead of video, but it, I mean, it's a video. It's a freaking video. It's just 10 second right. shots, you know, but think if you think about it, like, I know Amy Schmidt in here, she does, you know, she does her stop or um, her cut, whatever they're called, her videos, they're all cut motion or cut whatever the hell you want to call them. Amy is going to help me in a second, hopefully, and type it. But, you know, she does like those stop, stop and go, jump cut. There we go. Thank God. I'm like trying to figure it out. Jump cut. That's all Snapchat is. It's the same thing. It's just you have 10 seconds to do it. The jump cut. You have 10 right. second jump cuts. So you can tell a story. You can do a video. Um, hey, yo, Pickles, what's up? So <laughs> listen, I think 
whether it's personally Snapchat could be the winner overall that no one's talking about in live stream, but I don't know if they'll go there. I don't know if they need to go in that direction. It's, it's just different enough to keep people interested, but also keep them at bay a little bit right now. Um, I would love to see them enter more of the live, which they, they are doing like, there's a FaceTime feature basically. I don't know if you know, you can, uh, if you're in the chat with somebody and, and you light up blue and with the little, um, the little yellow circle lights up blue. That means you're both in the chat. And if you hit that, you can actually hold it and like talk to somebody face to face, like FaceTime. Oh. So they, they, so have, you really are live streaming then, but one on one in a one private. on one, one on one. But, I, but who's to say, concept, but who's but. to say they can't go in that direction? I don't know. I mean, right, right. Again, I'm not them. And, and, you know, the thing with me is that I don't, try and go too deep into like oh evan spiegel did this and he did that and blah 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 and jack did this with twitter like you know what? i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll learn about what i learn about when i learn about it and that's what keeps me uh learning about things as much of uh or as much like a consumer and i try not to get over caught up with it so snapchat if you if i was to you know if i was to show my brother and I, this has happened my brother and his friends they're like oh you're Periscope and Snapchat and you're not live stream stuff everywhere. They consider it that. You right. know, it's the marketers that are like, oh no, Snapchat's different and live stream is different and Twitter Twitter videos. You know what? The common person who is the consumer of this content is looking right. at it exactly the same. So we need to start thinking that way. And that's why I love when Brian says, you know, think like a fan because it gets you out of your own head for a second. It gets you out of that marketing mode and um, it helps you understand that at the end of the day, the consumers of this content they're not, they're not, I don't want to say they're not intelligent. They just don't care. They don't right. care if Snapchat and Periscope are different. To them, right. it's all the same shit. And if they're seeing, sorry, if they're seeing Coca-Cola come across on Periscope and they're seeing Coca-Cola come across on Snapchat, they think it's cool. And that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Poland Spring, by the way, shout out to you guys for giving me some water. <laughs> <laughs> My end here is just brought to you by tap water. That's uh, yeah, I have to get some Poland Spring. Um, last question I want to ask you: Of course, Periscope, Snapchat. You have lots of brands that are um, monetizing those platforms. They're using it. They're marketing. They're telling stories. What do you see for Blab? I mean, do you have? Do you hear of any any businesses that tell you, okay, we'd like to use Blab for something? Is is anybody really? I know Mitch, who was on earlier. Mitch Jackson has a, a new show on Mondays at, at 2 p.m., I think. And he's got a couple sponsors for that show. But in general, very few sponsored shows and not a lot I see with brands doing on 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 Blab. What do you think? Do you think that's coming or is there an interest? Is just just a thought. Um, so, all right, I'm going to qualify this by saying I love Blab. I like what they're doing. I like the... Uh, the alternative to a Google Hangout that they provide. Uh, I think it's bringing, bringing back the collaborative video. Do I think Blab is the end-all be-all right this second? No. Again, there I, I don't know how many users are on here because they don't tell us, and that's fine. They don't have to. But it's a lot of marketers on here right now. So are brands going to use it? Uh, not really. Like I know one brand that's using it, Experian, who's using it regularly. They're doing a show on here, and I'm actually going to have Experian on my panel at um, at Social Media Marketing World 
along with uh, Atmel and SAP. So shout out to those guys, uh, Ursula, Artie, and Mike Delgado from SAP. But other than that, no, I don't have people. I mean, there's some clients that are like, oh, what's this Blab thing I hear about? But it's not something I right now I'm pushing to, you know, to people. It, it, they don't have pri- they don't have a private feature, so you can't use it as a like a Zoom or a conference or a webinar unless you want to do a, a you know a public webinar. Yeah, Ryan Bell asks, um, do you think there will be private features? I don't. You know, they say they're not going to go private. Uh, <laughs> I think that's where they're, they're like if they're like every, if they're like every other social network. They'll be they'll they'll start doing private blabs within a year. Uh, you know they said they're not doing it. So, but I don't know these. You know, well, these you guys, could see enterprises, big businesses, using this for collaboration. Yeah, but why use it? You know, why need a private feature? Here's my thing: why bother with a private feature on here? There's other tools that do it. You know, you don't because need they, it. Maybe because of the ease of use. <sighs> yes and no. I, I mean, it's easy to use, but it's also the. What's behind it is, or, or the reason that it is fun to use for those that do use it, is the collaborative part. I can have, right. a, I can have a live video. I mean, I can have a live um, audience that's chatting with me, and we're having a conversation here. They're able to interact, jump in. That's great, but if, it was, if it's private, I don't know. What about a company with thousands and thousands of employees having a town hall on here, having a, you know, but they keep it within the go use you know, Zoom within or the firewall. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, go use Zoom. Sorry, I'm just getting some comments here. You know, go, there's there's other tools. Here's the thing, and and this is to be blunt with the you know, there's other tools that do it better. So why? And and I don't think any of these platforms. This is what a lot of platforms or other other uh, tools get caught up doing is that they try to be all things to all people and it's like you can't focus on one thing you do really really well and crush it and be happy living in that space because if you deliver a product to me that's way better than anybody else anytime i have to use it for that reason i'm coming to you i'm not going to go use anything else um that's my take i mean Right now, no, I'm not saying, oh, I'm not pitching Blab to clients. No, I tell them, I've told some people about it. Uh, a friend of mine in the wedding or event planning industry, she wanted to start like some sort of show. But again, right now, what is a Blab going to do for you that you can't go and do on YouTube? I'm like, you might be better off doing it on a YouTube channel and creating a YouTube channel based around your wedding tips or you know event planning tips whatever it may be i'm like blab might not be exactly what you want and you know there's it's worth a shot but i wouldn't say go put all your eggs in any basket that's not that's not just blab that's not just periscope meerkat um you you can't go throw your eggs all in one basket and you know as marketers as an agency, uh, as someone who's running an agency and there's a few others in here i know it's brian fanzone ryan bell uh, you can't be, you can't have blinders on. You can't just say to you, oh, you have to use this product. You have to use it. That's why we're here. That's why as marketers, we're here to test all this stuff out and then say to our clients, hey, I know the bumps and bruises. You don't have to go through it. I know what works, what doesn't. Here's what you can check out. So right now, personally, if you were to ask me that question again, like you just did, I would say, no, I am not saying to clients, go use Blab. I'm not telling them. I'm, I'm not even telling clients to use freaking Periscope. I'll be very blunt about that. There's clients that I, I wouldn't even go near it. The small to medium businesses right now, 
especially without much of a Twitter presence, <laughs> based on their goals, I'm not even saying go there. I'm telling right. I've actually pitched more Snapchat than I have uh, Periscope to, to clients. Yeah, there's a misperception, too, out there that, you know, um, some people who aren't fans of live streaming have this idea that, like, everybody who does live streaming and likes live streaming and uses it for certain purposes is telling every business and telling everyone you have to be on all these platforms. And that isn't the case. I mean, I like Blab for what it is. I'm not, you know, I don't think I've ever told anyone other than um, one organization that I'm part of that we could do something with Blab. But it doesn't mean that I can't enjoy using it. And I think there's that misperception out there that like we're all saying you have to be on live streaming and live streaming is the answer to every problem. It's certainly a tool that businesses can use for certain reasons. Um, and, and certainly like solopreneurs and, you know, small business owners and stuff like that can get on and find clients and, and stuff like that through I the connections they make. But <laughs> I certainly don't. I certainly see you as somebody who's really, really good at live streaming and really popular on it, but is clearly not telling every single business you meet and everyone that live streaming is going to save the world or save their business or make them millions so, or whatever. I want to seems to be like a subtext that's out there. Right. So there's a couple things I want to bring out right now. I noticed that Ryan and Brian are, are having a conversation and, and purposely in this blab, which is very interesting. Interesting. Um, I will say this. Just because I don't pitch it to brands doesn't mean I don't think it's an influencer tool to use these things. Influencer marketing is a completely different mm -hmm. pitch than saying to a client, hey, go and use this. Uh, but that also carries a whole different budget along with it. And to say to a brand, you need to hire Brian Fanzo. Um, yeah, okay. I love, I love facetiousness right now. Um, when people want to hire a Brian Fanzo, a Tristan Tales for Snapchat, or anybody for Snapchat or any 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 platform, any influencer. There's a whole other budget, but there's also a lot of trust that comes along there, right? So to say, you know, influencer marketing is completely, completely different. And I'm not saying I wouldn't pitch an influencer marketing campaign, but oftentimes influencer marketing campaigns are not delivering those goals the clients want at the time. Again, I'm speaking for myself and my right. clients, not your clients, Ross, or Backlamps clients, Ryan Bell. If your clients are going for it, then go, please. There's plenty of room to go around, right? And and the brands that are embracing the influencer marketing are ahead of the curve. But let's face it, most companies are not SAPs. They're not IBMs. They're not... Um, I mean, even SanDisks, like Ryan Bell's worked with SanDisk and they've done like product demos and giveaways. Uh, there are so many small business, medium-sized businesses that wouldn't, they don't even want to do social. You're going to pitch them an influencer campaign? Like, and again, I'm not knocking influencer campaigns. I've been hired for influencer campaigns. I've worked with plenty of brands for influencer campaigns. It's, it, it's amazing for brands that can accept it, but Again, and and I know you know Brian Fans has talked about this. We've all talked about this. There's a lot of trust that comes along with handing over the keys to your brand, right? And so you know when when Applebee's allowed me to do the or hired me to do the um, the first live stream from Times Square, 
that was a pretty un, I don't want to say unprecedented, but they gave me no there was really no direction. It was here you can stream from the Applebee's account and go for it. Right. I mean, if I was an ass, I could have you know, I'm not saying I could have taken down the brand, but listen, I could have done things that were stupid. I could have and then again when, you know, Brian and myself and Sonny Leonard Doozy did did the um 14 hour live stream from Milwaukee or the uh, taste the change too. I mean, we were given the keys to the ship for a reason because we were trusted. So you have to build the brand trust and, you know, before you jump into, to pitch influencer campaigns <clears throat> and then let's face it, you know, there's times there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's too many stories out there that brands have heard of influencers. And this is what I hate too. Right. And this is like influencers that are out there that are getting hired for these gigs. Don't, fudge it up for the rest of us you know don't fudge it up for everyone else who's trying to get influencer gigs go out there and represent yourself the best way if things don't go 100 your way don't go bashing brands don't go bashing uh whatever the agency that hired you keep it professional you you know you are this you are the face of that brand you are that brand for whatever time you're hired all right um so there is a different and i would just want to make because i know that it's not always clear. Like when I say I don't right. pitch to clients, I'm not telling clients, hey, you need to go start a Periscope show or hey, you need to go start a Blab show. You need to go start using Snapchat like crazy. But if they were to say, hey, we want someone that can do it for us, totally different story. I have plenty of people that I would absolutely recommend to go do an influencer campaign. So influencer campaign or influencer marketing and then content marketing are totally different things. Uh, these are just vehicles, Ross. At the end of the that's, day, that's what my point. vehicles. Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Live, Meerkat, Livestream, MeeVe, my channel, whatever the hell you're using, it's just a vehicle. Listen, a freaking Pinto is going to get me from point A to point B the same way a Mercedes, you know, S63 AMG is going to get me from point A to point B. Maybe a little slower, still going to get me there, okay? And unfortunately, there's still a lot of brands that are driving the Ford Pinto, it's gonna get them there. They're happy with it. They're gonna, they'll get there at some point. We're good with our we're good with our Yellow Pages Mart. I had a client right. ask me, "Hey, uh, Yellow Pages Mart, what do you guys th- what do you think about that?" And I'm like, "Who the hell uses is still using Yellow Pages?" <laughs> I said, "Print or digital?" Oh, I couldn't even. I, I was like, <laughs> "You're buying time but again." It, and I, said, I, but here's the thing: like a smart, a smart anybody that's intelligent is gonna say, "Okay, a little behind the times." But I said to them. And I had a great relationship with with the person anyway. So I said, is it working for you? Oh, we get tons of traffic from it. Okay. Well, then there's – I mean, I can't tell you not to do it, but I can tell you there's better ways. You know, I'll tell you right now, no one under the age of 50 is is probably even looking at that or 55 is probably even looking at – maybe even like 65 is even looking at the yellow pages. But, hey, if it's working for you, I can't (laughs) tell you not to use it if it's working for you. Right, right. It's a vehicle. It's all it is. It's a vehicle. All these tools are just vehicles to a destination. Content is king. We've heard that many, many times before. Without good content, I don't care if you're driving that, you know. It's like, and I hate to say the pretty girl or whatever, but you could be wearing the nicest dress in the world. If, if you're busted, you're busted. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and on that note, 
<laughs> I don't give a shit. I really don't care, bro. I mean, it is what it is. Let's be real here. Right, right, right. I got most of my friends in here anyway right now. So my point, my only point, the reason I brought that up is because you you're neither for or against the tools. You're for using what works for the client, whether it's an influencer campaign, a brand campaign. You're not like people just there's just this thought out there that like, okay, you're either for live streaming or you're not for live streaming. And people like you and, and Fanzo who do a great job with live streaming don't necessarily think that it's the answer for every brand, nor are they against a brand who can benefit from it using it. Right. It's like, it's one of the, one of the weapons you have in your arsenal, right? It's just, it's just another way to deliver your content to people. If your content's not good enough, garbage in garbage out, right? I can name all of these things that we've heard for Year tens of, of years, hundreds of years, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you don't have anything good to put into the into the tool, into the into Periscope, right? You're not gonna get anything out of it. it doesn't right. matter if it's the and greatest. Hell, it doesn't even matter if all your audience is there. If you can't give them what they want, you're gonna lose them. Right, right. And I see uh chocolate Johnny's coming here. Like there, he's a perfect oh, example nice. of it. He's a small business that is embracing it and he's taking it to the, you know, he's using it for himself to bring a brand awareness, to make sales, but it's working for him. Now, if he was some stubborn old Greek man living in Australia and was like, I'm not going to use that crap, then it wouldn't work for him because he's never going to do what he's doing. I mean, he tells stories every day making the chocolate. He's got his Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory thing is going. I mean, it's it's funny. It's engaging. It's it's good content, but he could he could easily screw that up, fudge that up. He could easily, <laughs> you know, he could easily fudge it up and not make it work for him at all if it wasn't funny, engaging. Um, so you can go eat. Listen, these tools, when people jump onto them and jump on early, you have to realize you can make or break your brand with them. All right. You can, if you're ready for it and your brand is ready for it, you could you can go to the next level like that. But you could also tank just like that because now people are like, oh, okay, well, this is what they're all about. This is the real face behind the brand. You know, things can can happen quickly. So, and that, you know, again, it's with anything though. You could write a you can write a, a terrible blog post and get the same thing or a bad Twitter, you know, a bad tweet. Look at many brands have done like American Airlines, the idiot running running their social media a couple years ago when he retweeted the picture of the freaking naked woman and didn't realize it was going to show up on their newsfeed or whatever the hell his, his, you know, so it could <laughs> yeah. be anything. It doesn't matter where you're doing it. Right. Well, thank you, Vincenzo. It's been great having you on. Um, thanks for staying so long. You, you're an awesome guest. I think you're doing a great job with everything thanks that you're working on. Um, brand boost podcast, brand boostcast.com, Vincenzo Landino.com, 52 creative. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't tell you to name all these things, man. Just, just but if you, <laughs> if you can get the extra M and afford to pay for that, we'll go. But it's 52creative.co. I, honestly, the only thing I want anyone to go and subscribe to if they are if they care to subscribe to it is Brand Boost Podcast, brandboostcast.com. All the links are there, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and, um, and iTunes. Go subscribe to it. Uh, Obviously, if you subscribe to one, you get you get them all. But if you don't listen to anything, please listen to She's On First. It's my Sunday podcast episode with Lauren Creed, and we talk everything sports marketing, sports fan culture, sports tech, sports innovation. Um, 
And the reason why I love that is because I love sports and it's content that most people aren't getting. You, these are not headlines that are everywhere. These aren't news items or news topics that you know you see every everywhere now. Of course, the NFL live stream thing was a little different this week. It was big enough news to do it, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's it's my it's going to be by far my favorite series besides having a, an amazing co-host on on that show. But it's it's just fun fun stuff to talk about. And of course, you want everybody to subscribe to Livestream Stars for next week's you episode. You need to. Kim Reynolds is Kim amazing. Kim Reynolds, always on top of what's going on in social media, in live streaming and marketing. Um, we're going to talk about also um, social media marketing uh, conference in San Diego. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be speaking? I am speaking there, and I'm a track leader at uh, Social Media Marketing World 16, along with a few others here in this um in this track lab. Lead. That means you carry the baton at the front of the relay? Yeah, that means I wipe asses and clean <laughs> clean shit off the toilets. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> it's probably... I don't know what I signed up for. <laughs> you know, I really should have paused. I could have paused two seconds ago. <laughs> I don't know what I... No, uh, as, a track, as a track leader, I uh, I get to basically be a room MC. So I'll, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be an MC for an entire, uh, an entire uh, room for a day, which is cool, which is very cool. Yeah, I, I, I was just saying that because I'm like, you know, it sounds on cool. the turntables. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't like sounding like I'm important. It's not important. It's just I'm, I'm a, I'm a servant. Really, I, I'm there. I'm not getting paid. I'm there to serve the 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 event and help out any way I can. So as a, um, you know, as a track leader, I get to basically make sure the speakers are taken care of in the room, and I get to introduce them and keep people occupied if the speakers aren't ready i mean it's right. it's it'll be fun for sure but you know it's not i don't want people to think it's like oh my god it's glamour he's it's a big deal like he's getting paid no no i'm doing it on my own time right. um so you know then whatever all right so <laughs> check out livestreamstars.tv we'll have links up related to this episode you can catch all previous episodes see the schedule all the way through may so uh great having everyone here thanks vincenzo again and have a great week everyone <laughs>